Hello and welcome to episode 17 of OVS Orbit, the podcast for Open vSwitch users and developers. I'm your host, Ben Pfaff. At the beginning of August, I traveled to Hong Kong to attend APSYS 2016, the Asia-Pacific Workshop on Systems. I recorded three of the talks while I was there, including this one. With the OpenStack Summit coming up in Barcelona in a couple of weeks, it's definitely time to publish this one, which is presented by Yang Zhang of Tsinghua University, based on his APSYS paper titled Debugging OpenStack Problems Using a State Graph Approach, with co-authors Hu Li, Sen Wang, Charlie Peter Chen, and Wei Zhu from Tsinghua University. At its heart, this is a very practical paper that seeks ways to make it easier for non-experts to troubleshoot and debug an OpenStack deployment and, at the same time, its approach is theoretically interesting. That's probably why it received the conference's Best Paper Award. I hope you enjoy listening to it, and maybe it will even inspire you to come up with new and interesting ways to debug your OpenStack deployments. On to the talk. Hello everyone, I'm Yunshan from Tsinghua University, and today I'm going to talk about uh, debugging OpenStack problems using a state graph approach. Uh, modern systems are very complicated. Uh, this is my favorite example to show the complexity. Uh, it's from the OpenStack doc uh, documents. Um, this structure may not look uh, complex to you, but if you look into the red circle, you can find this one. There's uh, another uh, complex internal uh, structure in the system. So modern system consists of many layers of complex abstractions. When a non-technical user asks a question, what the professional operator can do, usually he knows which modules to check, and he can ask uh, uh, he can ask uh, detailed questions about the system. And this this questions is not known to the common users, to the ordinary users. So this is the difference between the expert and the naive users, which we call the knowledge. And the expert memorizes all the complex figures and the structures in the system, especially they know tons of commands to query in this system, such as OpenStack. And also he knows what to search when a problem happens. So what the search tells us, uh, basically it tells us the states in the uh, system and uh, also uh, the events happen in the system. However, there's a major problem in the system operation because the operational knowledge does not transfer easily to other people. We, uh, we can't uh, uh, teach this knowledge to another person. Uh, the expert memorizes many of the knowledge, but uh, it's impossible for a common user to do this one. So this might be a good news for the IT consulting industry. They can stay in their business, but this is bad news for anyone else. So how can we solve these problems? Our key idea is that uh, we can automatically discover the knowledge in the system using uh, most basic rules. Uh, we can capture the knowledge about the system runtime states into a graph, which we call a uh, system operation state graph, in short, SSG. Specifically, SSG captures the entity and the states of the entity as well as the events related to the entity in the system. And it also discovers the temporal and uh, uh, special relationships among different entities. So with SSG, we can turn the ad hoc system state queries into a graph traversal. This is a uniform way 
And then we can also apply uh, anomaly detection to find the hidden problems in OpenStack within millions of states. This is the data source we use to construct the graph. Uh, we categorize the data source into two groups. The first one is states, uh, which indicates the status of the components in the system, such as the database record or the libvirt or OVS states in the system. And, well, uh, and the other one is events. It tells about the, uh, what happens in the system or the operation in the, in the system, which includes the logs from OpenStack and uh, the Scythe. Okay, another question is how to construct the graph from this raw uh, data. So we apply a simple rule. We discover the entities in the system based on uh, the syntactic IDs. We don't, um, we don't need to understand the semantics of the data source. Here we give an example. Suppose this is our state and uh, there are many key value pairs as the properties. We discover the properties that might be an identifier for some entities. Uh, we choose the property with many distinct values and each value appears multi-times and use these values as the identifiers for some entity. And we generate an entity vertex for the distinct, uh, for the distinct identifier. In this case, we use, we take this, this two. Then we add an edge from the state to the entity to indicate the special relation about these two entities. For example, in this one, we see that the, uh, this virtual machine with the VMUID, uh, has, is located in the, uh, host with this IP. We apply the same rules to both states and events and finally construct the graph. Uh, the constructed graph can be very large. Uh, we turn a straight operation data about 40 gigabytes into a graph. Uh, the graph consists of about 43.3 million vertices and 56.6 uh, million edges. This is an example of the graph. So the next question is how can we use the graph? There are many potential applications. Here we provide two of the examples. The first one is system query as the, as graph traversal. And in this, in this way, we can turn the originally any hoc system query into a, a uniform way, into a uniform way. We perform graph traversal in the graph. Therefore, we don't need to memorize tons of commands, which is system uh, specific. The second one is anomaly detection. We can automatically find the hidden problems in the system, and there are there are millions of states in the system. Now we provide a concrete example uh, to show the uh, convenience of the graph traversal. Suppose there is a physics server A, and it encounters a head disk failure. We want to know which VMs would be affected in the system. In this case, we use Scythe as the storage backend of the OpenStack. It's another complicated distributed system. In the, in the original way, we need to know uh, which blocks are stored in the disk. We list it with the Linux commands. And then we query which Ceph image the blocks belongs to. And we go to Ceph and use rbdinfo to list all the images. And also, uh, for a specific image, we get the block name uh, prefix. And finally, we match the prefix with the block name file name and to get a map from the 
block file to the image. And finally, we query where the image is used in OpenStack. We can use the Nova show or Cinder uh, show to find the disks or volumes attached to the VIM. In this way, we need to run one or more uh, system server queries in the system. And in country, uh, in our graph traversal, we can find our paths in the state graph from the physics server, go across the safe state, and then end up with the end up with a virtual machine. And this one can be done with a simple BFS. Uh, in this way, we can turn the originally the any hoc queries into into a uniform uh, method that is a uh, graph traversal. And also, the user faces homogeneous data structure. It's just the graph. Now talk about the anomaly detection. There are two ideas behind the anomaly detection. The first one is to describe our VIM with a with a subgraph. We find the subgraph that roots has the VIM and also its all dependencies. For example, there's the VIM. We find the ports and also the sublets and the networks and the security groups. All it uh, all the other entities related to this VIM. We use the graph to describe this thing. And the second idea is to apply distance-based anomaly detection. We try to capture the structure information of the subgraph into the distance metric. And we want to know how similar these two graph subgraphs are. We provide two case studies of the anomaly detection. The first one is that the database records does not match physical states. This is common to see in the, in, in the system. The anomaly detection algorithm picks, the, picks out this subgraph because there are thousands of database state vertices that are directly connected to the VIM entity vertex. It is shown here. We inspect the content of the vertex and find that the VIM has been in deleted state for months. But the NIVVERT and self image and also the OVS state still remains. And this is Quite different from the case uh, in the normal deletion. As we can see, there are 1704 Nova instance faults out of 1707 Nova instance actions. And this one also suggests some possible bugs in the retry and recovery mechanism in the open stack. So the next uh, case study is a user visible when migration failure. And in this one, uh, the subgraph is picked out because the migrating VIM is missing libvirt state, both from the source host and the destination host. And we inspect the state vertices in the, uh, in the graph, and we find that the Nova instance forces that we can't remove the uh, libvirt config files on the source host, and there's error removing Im image in the destination host. And this means that the Storage has migrated to the destination, but the computation didn't. So this results migrating failure. An even deeper inspection into the events, the logs related to the to this VIM, we can see that there are 653 repeated logs. It says that instance is not resizing, and we skip the migration. And this one, uh, this repeated. Uh, skipping of a very small, this, uh, this VIM is very small. This, uh, this, the skipping of a, a small VIM migration may uh, indicate some problems uh, in the 
resource management in OpenStack. As for the future work, we plan to focus on the following four directions. The first one is that we would like to analyze the event and state histories in the graph. We currently identify the anomalous states in the graph, and we also want to use the events to indicate why the system ends up in an inconsistent state. And we also want to build a map from the states to the inconsistent events. And with this map, we hope to predict the failure before it actually happens. And the second one is to include other data sources, such as source code and bug reports and documentations. In this one, uh, we can further confirm the proposed anomalies or bugs by the algorithm. For example, with the code analysis to confirm this one. And with this information, uh, we hope it will provide insights in how to fix the bugs we discover. The third one is to uh, support incremental graph construction. Currently, we build up the graph from the scratch, and we want to capture the continuous e evolving of the states and events in the system. So we need to find a way to support the graph construction in an online way. And the last one is to apply SSG to other systems, such as the big data frameworks. We believe the method of SSG is quite general because the data source required are widely existed in the systems. And most importantly, we build up the graph without any semantic information. We don't assume you need to, we don't require you need to know the semantic meaning of the data source. So uh, it would be identical for OpenStack or other systems. Now let's conclude this work. Uh, firstly, we think that the system operation, um, system operation knowledge uh, can be automatically discovered with simple rules, such as the uh, entry discovery with uh, only syntactic IDs, not, not, know, uh, not need to know the semantic meaning. And the second one is that uh, the entities and the links in the uh, system are very important. And this one can be easily captured with a graph. And uh, we provide an example of this one uh, we call system operation state graph. And with this graph, uh, we can propose many potential applications, such as uh, system query as graph traversal, and turn the idiotic ones into general ones. And also, we can do anomaly detection with this graph. I'm going to uh, take some questions. Yes. One of the advantages that you, you mentioned is that users, instead of having to understand several different tools, they can use a single tool for graph traversal. But a lot of that depends on how usable is that tool. So you can, can you tell, a little, tell us a little bit about how that works? Uh, you mean the difference between the, the traditional method and the graph traversal? No, I, I'm curious about uh, how, how's your tool, what, what's the user interface? How do you use it to, for, for traversing the graph? Uh, for query the graph. How would you find a, a bug with your traversal tool? The traversal tool is not intended to find the bugs. They, uh, they are intended to query the states and turn the, originally we need to uh, issue a lot of commands and these commands from different uh, systems and this is quite complicated. We use graph traversal to simplify this one. Right. To find the bugs, we, uh, the first step is to identify the anomalous states. So this is anomaly detection to future work need to continue to 
confirm the bug, for example, from the, the analysis of the events, like the logs, and also the code analysis to further confirm this one. Okay. I, I guess maybe I didn't state it well. So there were several commands that you listed that you might use to find a problem, locate a problem. Uh, uh, so how, how would I use the, the similar tool uh, for, for graph traversal to, to find the problem? Is, do, do you have a, a user interface for that? Mm. Maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. So how do you find your bug? You, you give us two case studies, right? Oh, these two case studies are... are not discovered by your tool. Yes, this, this is proposed by the anomaly detection. And uh, it mainly talks about that this state is uh, anomalous. It should be should not be in this state. And uh, we may say that uh, this state is quite different from but other peers. But you have a tool to, to, to draw that conclusion, right? Yes. Uh, oh, we're managing to check it. Uh, well, yes. Why don't you go back a slide or two further? Um, there was a, a, a slide where you showed several commands that you can. Oh, uh, this one. Uh, the the graph traversal. Yeah, this, this one. one? Yeah. Yes. yes. So, so how do I how do I use the the tool on the right? I guess. How does that how does that work? How does this one? Yeah. So you go to the command line and uh, issue each one, each one, and then you connect the information. So actually, let me help. Yeah, maybe he didn't understand the question. So basically, uh, in the paper, we described a couple of APIs. So currently, it's no interface. Okay, we haven't built the interface, but currently, there is a couple of Python APIs. One provides, a, you know, a BFS search. One provides, like, you ask the relationship between two entities, this will find a path. Yeah, so we provide a couple of APIs. But of course, this whole thing is uh, integrated into a Neo4j. So you, you can use Neo4j for visualization or something else. But we haven't built an uh, interface yet. OK, thank you. So it seems like you have a graph, right? This graph, to me, say, looks very similar to, let's say, a relational database or something, uh, except that the edges are no longer labeled. It's not, it's not the uh, relational database. It's quite uh, like the non-relational. Uh, non we don't use the or relational database. We use the graph because it can connect the vertices with edge independently, and then this edge may uh, form a relation, and then we know the relation between vertices, even they are at the remote. There, there may be a path from this one. We can infer from this path from uh, uh, to know this uh, relation, and uh, we, we don't use the relational database. Okay, good. Let's thank our speaker again. OVS Orbit is edited and produced by Ben Pfaff using Audacity audio editing software and released under the Creative Commons unported 3.0 license. The intro music in this episode is Drive by Alex Barroza, the bumper is Yeah Ant by Speck, and the outro is Space Bazooka by Kirkoid. All of the music is also licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. For more information about OpenVSwitch and OVS Orbit, please visit openvswitch.org.